You're listening to Second Breaks, the show where we talk about feeling better, doing better, and being better in midlife and beyond. I'm Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm starting a mini-series within Season 8 that is focused on the topic of unretirement or what we might want to do as a post-career career after, you know, we retire from the work and the careers that we have had most of our lives. Now, in the previous episode with Lisette Smith, episode 178, we talked about the midlife gap here. It's one possible path to figuring out what we want to do next because, you know, sometimes figuring out what we want to do next isn't always easy, isn't always obvious, and a gap here might just be what we need. As Lisette Smith defines it, a midlife gap year is a break between life stages, and taking a gap year is certainly one way that we can give ourselves the time and the space to think about our next step and the journey. But it's not the only way. And for the rest of this mini-series on unretirement, we're going to look at this from different angles. We're going to listen to different perspectives, different experiences, and hopefully you're going to hear of different options and find something that suits you or inspires you to explore yourself. On that note, I am so happy to bring to you my conversation with Paula Adler, who retired from her long career with PwC and is now a leadership and executive coach. Paula is a force for positive transformation, enabling her clients to explore both their current realities and potential for future success. Now, Paula and I know each other from our previous life. We both had wonderful and fulfilling careers at PricewaterhouseCoopers or PwC. And uh, she shared with me how she found her new path, her new career beyond PwC. Her experience is a wonderful story of how sometimes we find the answers when we're not directly asking the questions. Paula wasn't looking for a new career. She wasn't even looking to leave the one that she had at the time. She was on a quest for something else. She was after self-discovery. She was feeling like there were some areas in her life that she wanted to improve and transform. And it was during that quest, that self-discovery, that she heard a different calling, if you must. That's my word. She didn't use that word. Now, in this episode, we talked about her whole experience, the process that she took, how long it took, and the help that she got, and the planning that she did to execute what ended up to be her post-retirement career. Now, one of the things that Paula shared with me was the guilt that she felt when she decided to leave her career to build a new one. And I really liked that portion of our conversation because I don't think this gets talked about enough. We have all heard about the fears that uh, you know people may feel when they're starting something new. And it's one thing, you know, when we're being pushed out of the space we were at before, like if we've been laid off or the company shuts down or something like that, 
Clearly, that situation carries its set of angst and fears and hurdles. But when we are the one choosing to leave a career, when we're the one choosing to leave relationships, it brings about a different set of feelings. And guilt is certainly on top of that pile. So I really want to thank Paula for being candid about her experience with guilt. All right, so this is such a rich conversation. Let me step out of the way and introduce you to Paula Adler. Paula, welcome to Second Breaks. Hey, Lou, thank you so much for having me. It's just like such a delight to be with you in this era of our lives. I know, exactly. Um, So Paula, I know that you started your coach training or training to be a certified life coach while you were still employed. Can you take us back to that time when you were, you know, starting to do that coach training? Kind of, were you actively looking for another career or were you just, you know, experimenting things? What were your plans? What was going on in your mind when you started your coach training at that point? I'd love to share it um, because I look back now and I'm kind of in awe of how this all evolved for me. So I worked with PwC. I was a consultant 33 and a half years, had a great roles. And um, interestingly enough, when I was not at all actively seeking what my next career would be um, for my corporate career. In fact, I know exactly when it was. It was 2017 when I first felt a desire to put, and I call it, I describe it this way, to put a foot in the door of my life and pause and determine how to take back control of my life. That was truly my focus at the time. So said another way, I really wanted to determine how to get to be at the cause of my life, if that makes sense, kind of get in the driver's seat of it. I very much felt as if I was at the effect of my life. So, you know, what I mean by that is I spent the better part of my career in a high pressure, high demand work environment, I adored my firm. I've long respected my firm, the roles I had, yet, um, as we often hear, they were really hard to leave at the door when I came home. And then with that, I walk the tightrope, when I look back now, of unexpected single motherhood and ultimately caring for my aging parents. So what was happening to me in 2017 was I felt 100% out of balance and I couldn't figure out how to get in balance for myself. Um, it was truly important to me as a single parent that I was able to give my sons the same opportunities that they would have had had there been a two-parent family. And so what did I do? I threw myself into my role, excelling at work, promotions, having a desirable income to feel really secure in my work roles and financially. At the same time as I was uh, going through life with my sons and working as I did, my parents started to age. And so I stepped in to support my parents. Um, I helped them navigate their health matters and their loss of independence as they needed to have more, more and more support from me. So, you know, I felt like I was juggling so many balls in the air that it seemed like I just kept dropping them. So this said, and going back to your question about what was happening at the time, if you had asked anybody in my life or at work, at home, if I would have uh, been thinking about leaving PwC, my career in 2017, I am certain that myself and every single one of them would have said, absolutely not. I mean, PwC is where I spent my career. So I had no plans at that point in time of doing anything different when I started my coach training. Gotcha. So did somebody clue you into life coaching? Like, how did you even get to life coaching? 
I mentioned that I hit a point in 2017 where I just truly felt like the days were passing me by and um, I was just living each day very stressfully. Um, the work I had was completely rewarding and completely stressful at the same time. So I knew um, I wasn't doing a very good job of setting boundaries between myself at work or at home. And I knew that there was something within me that wanted to make a big change, but I had no idea what it was. And I was honestly pretty paralyzed by the thought of leaving the mothership, you know, where I had been for 33 and a half years. So in 2017, I ended up signing up for a life and leadership potentials course with IPEC. It's the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And how I came to that is um, there are a number of my colleagues who had taken that training or had left to start a chapter two for themselves um, to become a coach. And so various people in my life would say, you should just take this, see how it is. So I decided to sign up just for that first module. It's a, it's a year-long training, but you can do it in modules. I signed up for the first module, and if you think of the title, Life and Leadership Potential, what I was really focused on for that coach training was uh, to discover what I was passionate about. I really needed to step back and just explore you know, what living a fulfilling life meant for me. We talk about midlife and I really wanted clarity on my career, my relationships and my life in general. But I also knew through the training that I would likely also enhance my coaching skills and become, you know, a stronger leader at PwC. So ultimately the focus of the training for me though was individual transformation first. That's where I focused. And as things go, life did change for me in 2017. My mom, uh, who I adored, broke her hip, um, and it was just about the time that I was going through the training. And so although I did attend the course, I shifted right back into that role of responsible daughter, focusing on my mom. You know, we had her for three months after that. She ended up passing away around that time. So I did complete the course. It lingered with me, but I didn't really get to embrace what was happening at the time. I just went back, put my head down at work, and just um, went back to how I was living my life. But fast forward two years to 2019, and I decided to attend the full IPEC coach training for the same reasons that I talked about. In 2017, it was really discovery for me first. Along the way, obviously, uh, uh, becoming a coach um, and being certified, but never with a thought that I would ever leave the firm. So went into it for life discovery. Just to clarify, Paula, was it a requirement for the role that you had at PwC at that time for you to be doing this life coaching training? Not at all. Yeah, not at all. I really did it all for me. I solely for myself, for my awareness transformation. I felt like, as I said, I had to put like a foot in the door to figure out what was going on. I was living my life under you know, my responsibilities and what I should do. And, um, and that's what I was doing every day. So one day was a repeat of the next. I was happy person, but I felt like I really hadn't gotten control of now. What do I want to do? My kids are grown. My parents were aging, you know, and I felt like it was my time. And so I did that as like a little elbow to me to, um, just really step back and figure out who am I? You've heard that before. Who's my who? What do I love? Uh, where do I want to go? Did anybody at PwC at the time or outside of PwC even, did anybody ask you, what are you doing, Paula? Why are you taking this course? Why are you, you're already busy to begin with. Why are you taking on more things? So in 2017, no, I was pretty uh, clandestine about it, if that's the word. You know, I was really, I was just doing it for myself. And I spent time with family. I, I did things on the outside, but I really had not focused on me as far as my self-development. So I think I was pretty 
quiet about it in 2017. So at what point during that training did you start thinking, or maybe it was after the training, but at what point did you start thinking, you know what, this could be a a new path for me. This could be something that I do either on the side, and I don't know if that would have been possible to do on the side with PwC, or after PwC, this is something that I could do full-time. I actually know exactly when it happened. Um, it happened about two-thirds through the training when something started coming up for me to think about this. And so when the time at the time when I jumped into that full, the full coach training program in 2019, I had no idea where it would lead, Blue. I look back now and say that it was really okay, that I didn't know where it would lead me next. Um, now I, I talk about it with my clients as trusting the process. So as it turned out, um, I started the training in 2019. Um, in fact, a funny story was I had a flat tire with a new car on the way to the program. And after our module two was over with, the lead instructor for that training hung out in the parking lot with me as I was waiting for my car to be picked up and we got to talking. And it was at that point in time that I just had this realization that across all of my truly amazing roles in the firm, there were always two things that came up for me. So I had roles in consulting, strategy and operations, human capital. My last tenure was with risk and quality. But when I stepped back and the lead instructor encouraged me to do this, I stepped back and I looked at the themes that were happening across my roles. Number one, building strong relationships and coaching, whether it was formal coaching, informal coaching, Sometimes our leaders sought me out for coaching. So those two themes rose to the top for me, strong relationships and coaching. It was at that point I had this, I'll use a Glennon Doyle term, inner knowing, I'll say, you know, that it was time for me to step back and give it more thought, kind of tell the rules about where I thought my life would go. So I started being a little bit obsessed with the idea of becoming a life and leadership coach, career coach, executive coach. And at that time, I knew exactly what I had to do. I hired a coach. And it was really time for me to hire a coach and explore what was coming up for me because I was having all sorts of inner doubts. So I did, you know, hire a coach. Um, we dug in uh, deep. Um, that finding your who was a big focus with me, with my coach and I uh, in coaching. You know, what's your purpose? What's your mission? Really took a look at my core values. I don't think I've ever done any values assessment. So really stepped back and looked at what my desires were. Number one was living a joy-filled life. And we also focused a lot on those inner blocks, you know, that now I work with my clients on the self-doubt, guilt, you know, always the imposter syndrome. Can I do something like this? So my coach was amazing. She was supportive. What I loved about her is she has was always and still is radically candid and just provided me a healthy challenge about moving forward with a large life decision that I was really internalizing with fear, a lot of guilt and self-doubt. But what I really learned was um, with the right support, you really can walk through and beyond those challenges. So exactly when this happened was uh, after the second module. And then six months after working with my coach, I made the decision to leave the firm and go off and be a solopreneur, I guess we call it, and yeah. establish myself as a life and leadership coach. I want to go back to something you said. You, you said that I think it was a conversation that you had with the instructor and in after that conversation in the parking lot, you uh, became obsessed with the idea of becoming an executive coach or a life coach. Can you talk a little bit about, can you, what does that mean when you said you became obsessed about becoming an executive coach or a life coach? Did you start thinking, oh, I'm going to do this on the side as I'm 
full time、yeah. with BWC, I can start a practice, or did you start thinking, you know what, I'm going to leave BWC and I'm going like how? What did it actually start? For, what idea started forming in your head at that point? I don't think I ever. Now that you ask, I don't think I ever contemplated、uh, doing it on the side. For no. me, it was、okay. no. Never.、Um, certainly, when I was at PwC and going through my coach training, I did do coaching on a pro bono、uh, basis as I was learning. But for me, it was a pretty big and quick shift about it and about what I wanted to do and going full time. So you my, never thought about what is commonly referred to as a side hustle. You never thought about it as, "Ooh, this is going to、never. be my side hustle." Okay. Gotcha. Never. It was a huge shift for me, mindset shift, and I don't. I can't even. It's. It's like what you learn in coaching. The coaching happens on the call in between the sessions, and just having that dynamic with that lead trainer at the time who、mm-hmm. coaches full time started me thinking about making that shift. I think we probably spoke about how she did this, and she、mm-hmm. went. Our conversation now. I see us was、um, in the parking lot. It was about going all in and the、mm-hmm. fears that come with that and the financial、mm-hmm. impact and all of that. And、mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm fortunate in that I had worked my whole life and single parent was a saver. All of that. So I I felt like I I worked through that money side of life. Yeah, like a、uh, cushion. Yeah, but yeah. at the time I never thought I could do something like that. So it, that. That weekend was a real shift for me, and、um, I remember being up that night thinking, "Can I do this?" And the day after the training, I had already identified the coach that I wanted to work with. I just didn't know what I wanted to work with around because、so、I didn't、mm-hmm. know where the training would lead me.、Mm-hmm. So the day after the training, I wrote to that coach and I said, "I'm now ready." And we must have started that week, and it was setting goals about. Figuring out where I wanted to take my life, as you know, we do a lot of visioning, and、mm-hmm. you know, one of the questions she asked, which of course, normal question that comes up in coaching is, if you look out a year and you picture yourself exactly where you are right now, how would that feel to you? And、mm-hmm. that was, in spite of the love for my firm, it was not where I wanted to be, and that was an immediate shift to me that it was time to work on my exit plan. Right. I finished the coaching program. I became certified pretty quickly. I had a secondary certification, so I was just proceeding as if I would leave.、Um, I gave myself until August 2020 to think about what I would do. And as soon as I got certified, I decided I was going to do it. It definitely took me three months of coaching. I didn't resign until November 2020 at the time. So it was three months of working through a tremendous amount of guilt about leaving. I was the managing director. I was a leader.、Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a lot of guilt about leaving, so I focused normal stuff, right? I focused more about the leaving and the guilt.、Mm-hmm. I hadn't focused yet on how much I had given the firm in thirty-three and a half years. So you tend to focus on the self-doubt, guilt. Can I do this? Can I do this financially?、Right. Um, so it was,、uh, it was all in for me.、Right. Never a side hustle. We're going to get back to that interview shortly. I just wanted to briefly mention that this podcast is made possible by Midlife Cues. Now, Midlife Cues is a weekly digital publication for midlifers who are keen on making the most of their midlife. Every Sunday, we explore topics that help us live a joyful midlife. We talk about health and well-being. We talk about midlife mindset, one of the most important foundational things that we really need to master. We examine what growing bolder in our middle years mean for each of us individually, and we explore how we redefine success at work and in life. 
Give Midlife Cues a try by signing up for your free copy at midlifecues.com. Okie dokie, let's get back to the conversation. So, can I, I just wanted to confirm what I understood because you, you said a couple of uh, time frames there. So, from the moment that you had that very insightful conversation in the parking lot with your instructor to the point in time when you resigned, how, how long did it take? Six months? Did you say six, six months? months. You, six months. Six so months. From that yeah. conversation in the parking lot to actually resigning, six months. It was um, six months after that I decided, and then it took me another couple of months to actually move through and make that, have that right. conversation. So yeah. six months to to make the decision, and then another two and a half months to actually tell PwC that you're resigning. But I know that you didn't give a two weeks notice. So from the po- yeah. point in time that you resigned to the actual walking out of PwC, yeah. how long did that take? Yeah, so I loved my firm. I love PwC. I really had an amazing career. And it wasn't something where I wanted to uh, just walk out. As it turns out, it all worked out super well. Um, as a managing director, I provided three months advance notice. So that would have had me leaving November, December, January. My last day was June 15th. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> so it I took a while. Of, it took a while. I was in the middle of acquisitions. Succession planning was I needed. Um, I wanted to leave on good terms. And quite frankly, as it turned out, I was able to get my legs under me even more from a business perspective. I do have a website, get my website up. Yeah. So I resigned on June 15th. On June 16th, my website went live. So it was ideal. It worked out for the best. Um, yeah. I just wanted to pin that because I think... I mean, a lot of people who are listening to the podcast are probably going, oh, my God, that's a huge decision, especially for someone who's been, you know, uh, in one firm. Obviously, she loves the firm. She loves she loves still the firm, uh, loved the work that she was doing. And then to make a decision like that and then and not even to consider it a side hustle, but to go all in is a big decision. So I just wanted to put a pin in that because it wasn't like you had a conversation, woke up the following day, decided to do this and then quit. It was like six months to decide and then and then another couple of months to say that I'm leaving and then the actual leaving of the firm was another, it looks like six months. So it was, it was. all in all about a year plus a few months from that time that you had that conversation in the parking lot to the actual time that you were you know, you're walking you're out great. of the door. You are right? good. That's exactly right. And those right. last couple of months, I'll say, I'll call it heavy duty coaching with my coach. Um, we generally spoke with each other every other week. I think I had a numerous weeks where it was a couple times a week where I was truly struggling with guilt and yeah. guilt about leaving and self-doubt about whether I could do this and whether I had what it would take to step into my fears and be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you, would you mind sharing Paula, maybe your one or two of the biggest fears that you have. I, I think a lot of people will probably have the same fears, but if you could just maybe talk about the, the top most or the, the top two <laughs> fears that you had sure. that you had to work on. I'm not sure if this is in the, uh, the category of fear, but there was some fear about having the conversation, just the guilt that was related to guilt. Oh, yes. like if you're speaking more about meaning when I finally left and what were, what was the thought process? Yeah. Guilt played a lot of the role 
uh, for me, for sure. There was a lot of uh, guilt about leaving and um, there was never going to be a good time to leave. The type mm-hmm. of work I did in the last several years of PwC was involved in uh, inorganic growth for PwC and acquisitions. So I was the risk work stream leader for the acquisitions and we were in acquisition mode. So there was never really going to be a good time to leave. So guilt uh, succession planning was important. So that played a lot of the role. But when you get more into the fear about the business side, oh, gosh, um, if only I could have known then what I know now, the idea of being able to create clients, right? Mm. Would anybody really ever, did I have, I think as a, as a coach in your own business, your first thought is I'm starting in square one mm-hmm. when the reality is I've been coaching my whole career. So mm-hmm. when you put yourself in the box of starting at square one, you tend to think of yourself as a beginning coach. And as I said, coaching and forming of relationships to me was just my, it was what lit me up in every role that I had at PwC. So mm-hmm. the fear of would anybody hire me? And the reality is that hasn't been such an issue, mm-hmm. you know, for me. So the fear of doing that and uh, seriously financial fear, it didn't matter what my bank account said or my investment broker would say. It didn't matter. It was how will I do this? So it was a fear of being able to support myself. Mm-hmm. And it was also a fear of not being able to earn. So two different thoughts for me, if that makes sense. So not being able to support myself is one thought, but also did I have what it takes for clients to uh, want to work with me and bring in an income related to that business? So they're both fears, but a little bit of a different context, if that makes sense. I really appreciated how you uh, shared the guilt part uh, because the second set of quote unquote fears that you just talked about were related to anybody who's starting a business, right? So anybody who's starting a business could probably relate to that, to those fears that you talked about, right? right. So especially for, you know, if you've been employed and then you're thinking, okay, I've been employed, that quote unquote stable paycheck twice a month or whatever it is. And then how am I going to be able to support myself? Will I be able to support myself? Will I be able to generate enough business? Um, so that's a common fear that most everybody who goes through starting a business from employment goes through um, yeah. that we all have to address. But the first one that you talked about, which is the guilt of the, com- you know, or the fear of the conversation, but the guilt of wanting to leave is a very, I think, a very real fear that not a lot of people talk about. And and I think, and I don't know what you think about this, Paula, but I think it's one thing if you're being pushed out, like if you, for example, a lot of people were laid off in 2008, a lot of people were laid off in the pandemic, for example, two years ago. And so you were pushed out of this thing that you're doing. And so now you're doing something different. And so there's no guilt there because it's like, okay, I'm not leaving. I was forced out, right? Right. You know, something happened. But when you are deliberately making a choice to to go a different direction, that guilt is very present about like, you know, and and whether, and obviously we're talking about unretirement here. So we're talking about careers, but it, it certainly applies to leaving relationships leaving communities, leaving, you know, anytime that you're leaving a relationship yeah. of some sort, you feel that guilt, right? And so, yeah. oh my goodness, that is such a real thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Is that one of the things that you, sure. was that one of the things that you worked on with your coach, that that guilt? Uh, uh, that, I, I did, yeah. <laughs> two months. 
worth. <laughs> and a funny thing you should say, I just want to, I want to share. I had a client today, a client, um, has possibility of shifting to leave her firm. Another scenario of a person who's been devoted to a firm she's been at very long term. And in her discovery and in the coaching and connecting with people outside her firm, one thing led to another and she hopefully soon will have two amazing job offers. What was our coaching call about today? Guilt about leaving her firm and letting people down. So it's something we tend to look at the downside, the the negative side of things instead of the upside. And so I think my coach asked me one question in August 2020 is she said to me, look, all you're keeping, you know, you're talking about is who you're leaving behind and who you're disadvantaging and what's going on and that everyone thought you'd be a lifer there. Tell me now, Paula, in 33 years, what have you given to the firm? Yes. Yeah. So I was able to bring that into my coaching conversation today, of course, with my client, but it was a lot of guilt about leaving and absolutely felt like I would be there for life. And so did the firm. When I finally did resign, it was in the form of a love note uh, for (laughs) PwC uh, with a partner that I worked with and talking about my amazing experiences, but now getting to a point where I felt like it was time for me to take another step. Oh my goodness, that phrase that you say, letting people down, right? Because yes, that's exactly what you're thinking about because you're thinking, I'm letting people down, I'm leaving, they're expecting me to be here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yes, totally, I get that. Totally. Um, so what are your plans now, Paula? Like, what are you, what are you thinking about in terms of this career that you've now built as a life coach? Like, how, what are your plans about this career? How far are you wanting to take it? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something I speak to myself about every day, Lou. Um, I'm still uh, working on where I want to take the business. Um, and no doubt, it will be an ongoing work in process, a whip, right? Um, and I've also, in listening to your podcasts and looking at your midlife cues issues, which I read all the time. Oh, I've heard you say you. <laughs> I do. I love it. Not a shout out there. I, I wait for it every Sunday. I love reading it <laughs> on a Sunday morning with coffee, right? Um, so I've heard you say this repeatedly in midlife cues, you're always a work in process. Mm-hmm. Like there's really you're always mastering. So I really have now I look at everything I do as mastery mm-hmm. as very tied to outcomes, you know, in my corporate career about one project and another project. So I think I'll always be in mastery and I, I appreciate that. Um, when I left the firm, though, I was very deliberate about focusing on what I call my three legs of a stool, really, you know, three legs of my life and maintaining balance for myself. This is it's an ongoing focus for me. So the three legs of my stool are and continue to work and continue to be my business, uh, Paula Adler Coaching and Consulting, relationships in my life. So focusing more time with my family. I have two sons, uh, about to be 28 and 31. I will be a mother-in-law this summer. My son, Matt, is is marrying. I will have a daughter-in-law, Emily. Um, my younger son, Dan, I'm in uh, Pennsylvania. They're in New York. Relationships, family and friends. When I work so much, I tended to put those relationships mm-hmm. with friends on the side. So my business developing relationships, and also travel. Travel is huge for me. Um, I've always had domestic and global roles at PwC, and so having global relationships, traveling during the pandemic was a little bit of a challenge, but I did travel with my younger son, Dan, to Iceland last August, so that was the start of it. And now I'm just starting to plan for 2022. So from a business perspective, I want to be really focused on not letting that get out of balance with the other things in my life, the travel and the relation, you know, relationships, spending time on relationships that are important to me. But when I just go to the business 
right now I work with individual clients. And so I'm starting to expand to do some work with corporate clients with mm. coaching women within the organization individually, um, possibly thinking about a group coaching or a mastermind program in the future. I'm holding myself off on that for now. I also really love um, being with you on a podcast. I've done other podcasts, so I love speaking about what my transition has been in the hopes mm. that it will help someone else decide to make a shift or entertain a shift, perhaps hire a coach. And I also love to present on a variety of topics and give back. I've recently signed up to be a mentor for Rutgers University. Um, my MBA and my undergrad are from Rutgers. And so I wanted to give back. And they have a Rutgers Center for Women in Business. And so I'm now a mentor. And I did my first session a couple of weeks ago where I facilitated a session uh, with eight women or, who are mid-level career. So doing that and giving back is amazing to me. And awesome. That's I am. Well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about your work today, but before I go there, I just wanna I just wanna go full circle. I think you started this uh, path or this journey, if I remember correctly. You started this by saying you went into uh, life coaching training because at that point you felt at that time in your life you felt like you were more the effect as opposed to the cause or something along those lines. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so reflecting back on it now, what three years later, like how has that transpired for you? That that that, that initial trigger, uh, initial impetus to go down this path. How has it transpired for you? Every day when I wake up, I am so grateful. I really feel like I'm a woman in discovery every day and mastering what I do. And I feel like I have choice. You know, you, you always have choice. And it took me a while to really be aware of that, mm. you know, and accept it and then be in conscious choice of what I do every day. It feels like a privilege to me and I want to use that privilege well. So I do feel like I'm at the cause of my life mm. now and that I make decisions about where I want to go and keeping balance with those three legs of the stool. Awesome. All right. So yeah. Paula, can you talk a little bit about the work that you do now? I know, I know during our conversation, you've been mentioning it, but if you could talk a little bit more about it specifically now, like what do you do? Who do you do it with or for? Who do you serve? And of course, where people can find you. I'd love to do that. Thank you for offering that. So I really do wake up every day and feel joy about what I'm doing right now. So I call myself a life and leadership coach. I call myself an executive coach, a career coach too. Life and leadership is kind of the big header over it. Um, I'm a solopreneur. I mm -hmm. love that word. And I own Paula Adler Coaching and Consulting. Um, I work with ambitious, outwardly successful, and I really put quotes around that outwardly successful mm -hmm. women yes. who have an inner knowing that mm -hmm. there's more to life than the way they're currently living. Um, what I love to do is work with my clients on creating a vision mm -hmm. of how they would like their life and career to look. And my favorite thing is when they have no idea that they just come and just say, this is a good example. I, this, I have a few clients who came to me and said, I'm about to turn 50. I look like I have everything. I have that high level job. I, my kids yes. are doing well. I'm working with my parents. Is this it? You know, is what they hear. I work with uh, women across the whole spectrum of their career, but that is often what I get. So I work with them on trying to figure out what is that vision of their life and career, even if it feels impossible today. We definitely spend a lot of time uh, gaining clarity on what's standing in their way. And that's essential. Those inner blocks, the guilt, the self-doubt, all of that. Um, I never like saying imposter syndrome because I think of it as a growth opportunity now, uh, but the imposter syndrome. And yes. so we work on that so that they can get clear as to the path they want for their life and career and just create that path 
start to implement those action items and then uh, show up feeling like they have a sense of satisfaction and purpose in what they've decided to do. So it's joyful. I, you, you're, I think if you're geographically, you're in a East Coast, New Jersey, Philadelphia, yeah. Pennsylvania. Where are you now? I am in New Jersey. Uh, I'm in no. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. No, right. you're right. I'm in Pennsylvania. I, uh, Philly is an hour south. New York is an hour north, and I'm on the Delaware River, so I see New Jersey. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure: I know Paula from PwC, and I've always known her to be somebody from New Jersey. That's why I got confused for a couple of seconds. I am a Jersey girl. I oh, was there you born go. in Jersey, <laughs> and that's why I see New Jersey from my window. I live right in the it, Delaware. Got it. Yeah. But you work. You I mean you're not just. Uh, working with folks in the tri-state area, you are across, you know, the the U.S. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's because it's mainly online, is it? Yeah, okay. It's primarily right now. So I started full-time when Zoom was it, right, in the pandemic. And so everything is on Zoom right now. I've had a had a prospective client last week ask, to, ask if we could do in person. She's local. So we'll see, gotcha. you know, with things right. lightening up a little bit, I might do that. But so I market to women, although I do have male clients and they are, um, I'm, I, I've always had a domestic and a global role at PwC. So my relationships at PwC are global. I took that into my business. And one of, if you looked Excellent. at my business plan, one of my aspirations is to work across the globe in time frame. That makes sense. So I just mm-hmm. actually have uh, a client in the UK, just signed another client in the UK, and I also have a client in Mexico. And mm-hmm. my goal is to do things all over the globe, quite frankly, um, as long as it makes sense from a time perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I definitely do not limit uh, to where I am geographically. So okay. where can people find you online, Paula? Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking and for letting me share. I, I would say the two... Um, primary ways are my website. It's um, paulaadlercoaching.com. So P-A-U-L-A-A-D-L-E-R coaching.com. And also on LinkedIn, Paula T. Adler. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But I would say the main places I focus are through my website and uh, through LinkedIn. Excellent. And I'm going to put a link to your website as well as uh, your LinkedIn profile and stuff on the show notes. But before we end this conversation, Paula, there are a couple of things I want to ask you. These are the questions I always end these conversations with, well, the last year and a half or so. I find it so gratifying to hear these the answers that my guests have been sharing. I'm so grateful for them. So the mantra of Second Breaks is celebrate midlife. And I wanted to ask you, like, if I throw that phrase to you, what springs to mind the phrase celebrate midlife? So I, I, uh, a lot of principles in my mind now that I work with in coaching. And, uh, when I think about celebrate midlife blue, one of the IPEC principles for my coaching organization that immediately springs to life that I focus on with my clients is each moment describes who you are mm-hmm. and gives you the opportunity to decide if that's who you want to be. So really celebrating for midlife for me is take the time to discover who you are or rediscover. In my case, um, what you're passionate about, what you'd love to explore and what um, living a fulfilling life means to you. As I said, I, I always describe it as I put a foot in the door of my life. I wanted to gain clarity for myself, uh, thinking about my fears and stepping into them, making the shifts, kind of change the rules um, in midlife for myself, you know, one step at a time and knowing that I really am in full choice of doing that. Um, I also discovered that, 
you don't need to do it alone. You know, as I, I really needed the support of a coach with the right support is really possible to walk through what you see and believe are your challenges that mm-hmm. will hold you back. Um, mm-hmm. There's also another quote that I love. I have it on my whiteboard right here, which is life offers you so many doors. It's really up to you to determine which one to open and which one to close. So mm-hmm. that's what celebrating midlife means to me being in full choice. So at 20, I was living my life governed by shoulds and needs and fully focused on what I thought were the outcomes that I should have. Today, I'm living my life by design. Um, I'm being at the cause of my life and not at the effect of my life, and I'm mastering it every day. Thank you so much, for I so appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, and most especially, you know, your personal journey, your personal story with with me and the listeners of the podcast. Thank you so much, Lou, and thank you. I'm thrilled to have a second life with you. Uh, so it's my second life with you, and I'm thrilled to be asked. Thank you so much. And if I can help one other woman, I'm thrilled um, to be here. So thank you for asking. I want to thank Paula Adler again for sharing her experience with us. Now for all the links to her website and LinkedIn, so you can follow her some more. And some of the highlights of this episode as well, head on over to secondbreaks.com for the show notes. If you enjoy this episode or like listening to the podcast, please share it with your friends. I would so appreciate it if you would tell them about this specific episode with Paula or about the podcast in general, because you spreading the word is the best way for us to reach other midlifers who could benefit from the topics that we cover on the show. We're going to continue with our mini-series on unretirement in the next several episodes, so if you haven't yet, now is the perfect time to subscribe or follow the podcast. You can catch Second Breaks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the usual places where you listen to podcasts. Okie dokie, I'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans.